Welcome to Moving With Life. This is episode number 14. I am Andy Acosta. My friend Brian Luevanos will be joining me as well. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for lending us your ears for another episode. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave reviews. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So episode number 14 was very off the cuff. Eddie wasn't able to join us for this episode, so I had to plan accordingly to still provide valuable information for this episode. We did have my cousin on, my cousin Luis, who I always talk about and who I am trying to nurture to choose the right path as he progresses through high school and then goes into college or whatever he wants to do after high school. So, very much educational for me, and hopefully Luis got as much out of it as we did, and hopefully you listeners get something out of this as well. We talk about education, we talk about politics, some very interesting topics still came up through this hour and 20 minutes or so. So without further ado, here is Moving With Life. thought what? I thought this was a professional podcast. It's pretty professional. It was at some point. <laughs> the topics are professional, but not the equipment. Or the, the talkers. <laughs> the, 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 hosts. the hosts of the podcast. That's so funny. Hey, man, work hard, play hard. Every day. Oh, I said the talkers, right? Huh? Did I say the talkers? You said, you said the equipment. Oh, the equipment. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Talkers. <laughs> I said talk. I was. It was my fault. I, I said talkers. Tacos. I thought. I, thought <laughs> I said tacos. Yeah, I hear that all week. Taco Tuesday. It's Taco oh. Tuesday every day now, at the gym. I haven't had tacos in a while. I probably haven't had since we. Whenever we went, yeah. in Bourbon Street. That whenever a couple months, a few months ago. No, nah, we went once. But that that place on uh, Trenton, El Infiernito. That's right. That's right. That was what we had on the weekend. That was yeah. That's right, because that was, uh, you were finishing the Go-Giver, you were doing some Starbucks. We were at Starbucks, and I was... Yeah, and then we went there after. I was finishing something. I don't know what I was working. I was working on something. Freaking A. So we're here. It's Friday. Don't do that anymore. Because <laughs> that's stuff I can't cut out. You're still uh, recording? Yeah, we're recording already. Um, so Eddie's out today, because he's a busy man record release or single release and then we have gigs tomorrow so he has to do extra today with his teaching lessons and whatnot so this is going to be very much uh improvised uh at some point me and brian had started talking about using the tools of titans uh bo- book written by novel written by Tim Ferriss of all these profiles of people around the world that he's interviewed and gotten information that he uses for himself and has now put it into a book for everybody to read and what I've found is that it's kind of if you listen to the podcast it's basically what's there and basically by writing this book he uses a different channel to reach more people that's what I think about it as that the book is a different channel, like different as in just a different avenue or it's 
it's different from his other channels. Uh, different avenue with the same okay. information. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, even when I brought up Derek Sivers, which we might touch base in a, in a bit, I have some questions here that I'm actually going to ask Luis. Okay. Uh, so we have my cousin on as well. I'm going to ask him some questions that uh, I actually asked some sixth graders this, this week when I was substituting. And uh, it's it's no server by any means. Cause I only got to ask two students that actually finished their work. So that's why I, I kind of like just pinpoint on them. I'm like, well, they finished their work. I, can, I don't want to distract anybody else. Um, but anyways, going back to the book real quick is uh, that, like, when we talk about Derek Sivers or even, I don't know, if, Brian, have you read about Josh Waitskin yet? No. Uh, if I, I might have read, like, a little portion of it, but maybe not, not, the, the, yeah, not the entire okay. profile. Well, I haven't listened to Josh Waitskin's Distilled or his full podcast with Tim, but he's on a episode with Adam Robinson, Ramit Senif, I think is his name. I need to check that. Um, but there's there's like three or four guys along with Tim, and they basically do a podcast in front of 900 people, and uh, Josh Waitzkin is one of those guys, and super interesting guy along of course with the other guys. But uh, tying back to the book, it's it, to me it's like generally the same information just on a reading form for those who don't like audio or or say they can't listen. Well, they that more than likely they read. Um, actually, I showed my mom. I gave her the book. She's like, I'm like, here, look, this is the book, whatever. And she opens it. She's like, oh, my God. And she turned to, I think his name's Chris Saka? Saka. I don't know. See, Chris and then S-A-C-C-A. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can find it real quick, Brian. But uh, so like the first things was basically going to more high, high, uh, high-powered meetings or high inf- like high-volume meetings. Volume meaning uh, content, like dense content. You know, go put yourself in a room that puts you ahead of everybody else, or at least puts you in a in a in a higher uh, possibility of accomplishing something. I think it's like on the second page or something. I don't know if it's there. I don't know if you can catch it real quick, Brian. But uh, anyways, that's like the first thing she brought up, and because she hers her initial reaction was like, "Oh my God, this book is huge!" Right? Obviously, if you don't read, or if uh, maybe you get uh, discouraged easily, you know, this 600 plus page book will easily do that to, to one person, but there's so much good information. Yeah. It says here that he goes to any meetings, whether he's invited or not. And, um, just basically takes notes or offers, you know, his help. If he, if he can be helpful in any way. What page is it on? 166. Oh, it's early in the book. Yeah. And it's on the, on the wealth section. I was going to say, yeah, I guess that was the main part that, that she read in me. Like, she opened the book, and it turned to that, and she read out loud, go to all the meetings you can, even if you're not invited to them, and figure out how to be helpful. If people wonder why you're there, just start taking notes. Read all the other notes you can find on the company and gain a general knowledge that your very limited job function may not offer you. And that's the way she tied it in was – where last year, well, pre- I guess because she, she's been doing Mary Kay for, man, eight years. I think close to 10, not quite 10, but very close to 10. Right. And she says she would, like, w- back in that time when she was getting just started, she was, of course, amplified to be there. You know, she was really excited to be there and uh, wanting to grow. But she would go to these meetings and she, 
felt at the time that she wouldn't get anything out of them. And I was like, because you're missing the do. They give you these tools and you're missing the do. So then when I went to college and came back or, or started coming back from my business classes and I started, to, oh, mom, I learned this. Or, hey, guys, I learned this. And she's like, man, that's what they've been telling me at Mary Kay. Oh, that's, they told me that Mary Kay. Oh, they told me that Mary Kay. You know, and then right. she goes to these seminars in Dallas, Austin, you know, the island sometimes. Uh, and it's like, oh, what'd you learn? It's like, oh, yeah, I learned that. Oh, yeah, it's in, th- it's in this book that I've already read or whatever. You know, and finding that parallel, I'm like, okay, you're going to read. Th- I, I'm, I told him, like, you're going to read this book, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just tools. Like, it's, it kind of goes back maybe to the point to where I always say, you know, I feel like our generation's heavy into like, oh, I have a degree, so I should I should have the better job because I have a degree, and it's like, no, you get a degree, but you you need to use the stuff you learned as tools, and I think that I think there's a lot big misconception on that, and that's I think that's a heavy millennial yeah, thing. Like I've I've kind of heard that you know, so millennials are sometimes I hear that they they feel entitled because yeah. you know they have a degree and whatnot. But uh, oftentimes they they don't even know how to do those like the smaller tasks. They they just feel like they deserve that position, that salary, that you know that job title, and oftentimes they don't know how to do the little things that can maybe make their jobs more efficient or you know. But um, it's interesting that you mentioned you know tools and degrees because I feel that the generation after us are relying less on degrees and more on tools because these like tools are available anywhere especially in today's day and age with technology and you know the internet and the world is basically a flat playing field with the internet we have been globalized everything all the tools that you could possibly need most of them are are out there you know ready for the taking so that's kind of a little conflict i've had um within you know, my own head with uh, continue the traditional educational route or just gather tools from <laughs> everyone and everything all around the world. That's yeah. that's our that's our access now. Yeah. Um, one thing that because I, st- I just started listening to NPR's Hidden Brain podcast mm-hmm. and there's a episode, episode 38. It's called Me, Me, Me. And it ta- like the first sentence on the description, it says, it doesn't take a psychologist to see narcissism in our culture of selfies. And basically this doctor, I believe she's a doctor, Jean Twinge, T-W-E-N-G-E. Uh, she's a re- researcher, and of course she writes, she's written books and whatnot. I don't know what books, but it just says here she's an author of books. Anyways, so she gives all these things that parents that were born in the seven, 60s and seven, early 70s, um, started teaching their kids because they grew up maybe in the baby boomer time, you know, whatever. So their, their needs were different, right? So by the time they got to having kids in the seventies and eighties, um, they started telling their kids, go after your dreams, you know, do, and you know, like, Oh, you're the best. You're the best one out there, son. Or you're the best one out there. Uh, daughter, you know, whatever. Uh, that that that's kind of like the been the mindset, and so it's now we're seeing it because those I feel like the the earlier part of the millennial millennial generation they're those entitled ones where we're kind of getting the backlash because we're the young ones, you know, but we're not the millennials, you know, we're not even the the bulk of the millennials. Yeah, there's definitely I think like a little crossover or a you know like a blur. 
we're we're in that like transition between between millennials and and the next generation where we maybe have a little bit of of both right and um it's evident because older older millennials are i think less risky than maybe what we're willing to do right. like as far as having well for one like having multiple jobs less traditional jobs more of a freelance do you know do your own thing type of deal offer your own services for anybody and anyone who's willing to pay so that's not that's not so traditional and safe as al- although i do feel that millennials get the stigma of being a little more risky follow your dreams i think the next generation is just a little bit more out there and a little bit less traditional with with um with the technology and and you know the availability and the access and communication we have with the rest of the world now so there's definitely some differences and i think people in our age group kind of fall a little bit into each right it, we're, we're we're right in that crossover which is very right. interesting you know uh, a lot of people see some things as black and white and i see a lot of things as black and white but i'm also make myself see the middle or at least the gray area that's a possibility and and maybe that's maybe that goes back to like the parenting where like oh you're the best so like you have that instilled in your brain just knocking you knocking i'm the best i'm the best i'm the best so it is black and white for them because they are the best right you know and actually because i i did get kind of like it kind of got me in a negatively emotional way because at some point it seemed like she was kind of bashing millennials i was like wait a minute like you're a researcher like you shouldn't be taking an angle right so I was like, man, so I, but I let it finish. So I was like, okay, she kept going. She kept going, talk, talking about that. I'm like, man, while some of that's true, I'm like, I know that I didn't experience a lot of those things about being the best. And she says even with her kids, now, like her kids now, like she consciously doesn't always say you're the best, but hey, keep working hard. Hey, good job. Keep working hard. Keep working hard. So the way she tied it in was that at the end was like that maybe – and I, I, think she, I think she said it more or less like this, where maybe parents need to, or at least should start, even if you're a parent already or for future parents, is tell your kids to work hard and focus on the process, not being the best. Because in a sense, if you work hard, you're going to see results anyways. Right. That's, that's very closely related to Gary Vee's whole... Um, what is it, micro, is it micro speed, macro patience, where, you know, just kind of work hard every day and eventually, you know, you'll, you'll get to where you want to be. You'll get that delayed gratification. Yes. Yes. But keep at it every day. Right. Yeah. So she ties us in. The cool thing is that I made that connection too with Gary Vee because he's always talking about the process, the process, the process, right? Which is cool. And then hearing her putting kind of like some science and some like just some data to like what it is and and also the why for me explain the why so it was able to just to move forward with it and not mm-hmm. maybe not dwell on the subject you know where at some point there are a lot of dwellers that are older that say oh millennials are this and that it's like okay now we know that that's it's really true but it's i mean it's your fault you know the parents fault you're the ones who parented them now if they take a listen if they take to listening to this podcast uh, like i said titled me 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 on hidden brain um i think it would help clarify that and then you know stop doing that don't do that you know don't it, 
just because you don't tell your child that they're not that they're number one, whether they're number one or not, doesn't mean you don't love them. You still tell them you love them. There's a, that's different. And I think maybe this is just talking now uh, as I'm thinking about it and talking out loud is like maybe they think that oh I have to tell my child I love I that they're number one in order for them to know that I love them. It's like well no just keep working hard you know. And like she says like she rarely and very consciously doesn't tell them that they're the best. But hey good job keep working hard or like keep let's keep working at it whatever the situation may be which is very interesting which i it's a parallel that i have now because like after extreme ownership for me it's extreme ownership that's what got me into this like kind of mindset right Mm -hmm. where it's like now i'm working with luis and and he's like oh i'm tired i'm like okay do one more set one more set and then when we finish okay one more set one more set okay one more set and then we're done and by the time we're done that's it you know that's it 30 minutes 45 minutes and then we're done you know like today we Today's Friday, Good Friday. A lot of people have day off. Brian, you don't have day off, so it's pretty. That's, no. Yeah, you you work, so it's all good. Eddie's working, um, but for those that had a day off, maybe and slept in a little too long, or if you slept in and still didn't get a workout in, I mean, me and Luis, we got after it this morning. It was cool. We were Danny was there at nine rounds, so uh, he wrote us a little extra workout, basically right. a ten minute round. So I had to use my clock, and it was ten minute <laughs> kettlebell swings, push ups, and jump lunges. Right. It was great. And I think we got maybe six sets in mm-hmm. of kettlebells of like that. It's a three, uh, super, basically a super set. And uh, we got about six rounds in 10 minutes, which is pretty good. The goal, the optimal goal that Danny was talking about that he does at, jiu-jitsu, at his jiu-jitsu school is you have a minute to complete each set. And if you finish in 30 seconds, then you have a 30-second break. If you finish at 50 seconds, you have a 10-second break. Yeah, but had, you had to start on the minute. You start on the minute. He had my sister and her friend do that. She said they were dying. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. When she when she was explaining it to me, I was like, "Ouch." <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was super good. And and we was we was dying. But like one thing that I use from extreme ownership, and I've said this on I think it's episode. Uh, I don't know what episode, but it's a the title is extreme ownership part two, I believe, where Leif is a. He's an instructor now at Buds, but he talked about when he was going through when he was going through Buds, not as an instructor, but as an actual like uh, trainee. Uh, he said whenever he was put into a leadership position, he would just make it was he would encourage his guys to make it to the next marker. Like, hey guys, okay, fifty feet, go. Like we have fifty more feet. Okay. When they get to the fifty feet, okay, the next mark. Okay, guys, next to that next tree. You know, and I, that's kinda what I did with Luis. Like, okay, five kettlebell swings, go. Okay, done. Okay, ten push ups, go. Okay, d- jump and lunge. Okay, right. take two breaths. Okay, well again, again, you know, hit that, hit that and keep going. You know, don't stop. We only and that's the crazy thing is like being able to do so much in 10 minutes. Yeah, you never, for me at least, like you never realize how much you can do in so little time until you kind of do stuff like that. Like, yeah. especially like strenuous exercises, just in stressful situations when you're pressured, then you're like, wow, like I could really make my minute, you know, last. Last, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Brian, I know you're in and out. Um, you're in and out because you've been busy at at, at the bank. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, definitely been feeling this past like two three weeks, where the three minute rounds feel like forever. I don't. Lately, to be honest, I they've felt about the same. But I That's have fair. I have had in the past um, moments where it it does feel like those three minutes are way longer. Yeah, and in. Logically, they can't be. It's a it's yeah, a timer yeah, yeah. that's there. You know, I 
I don't think it it randomizes. Yeah, the time. no, you're right, right. No, yeah, it's, co- so, it's consistent. Yeah, like I not lately, but I have had times in the past when I'm like, is this really three minutes? Like, come on. Yeah, and and even some of the clients, because, and I, I think it's just because I think it's finally happening happening where the clients are getting after it just a little bit more, just a little bit. So their their three minutes feels like five minutes. Right. But they're getting in, instead of three sets, they're getting in five or six or seven sets. Yeah. You it's know? because of the amount of work or effort that they're putting yeah, in. They're it just just going, and, yeah, they're just going. And at some point, your body's like, hey, I'm tired. But yet the bell hasn't rang. So obviously, it has not been those three minutes yet. Right. You know, it, it, which is crazy. I, it's something that I've noticed for sure the past two, three weeks um, that I've noticed in the client. Because I, I don't disagree with them. I don't tell I don't let them know, of course. But I, I do agree in my head with them as far as like man it feels like forever i'm like it does feel like forever <laughs> you know it feels like a really long time and i'm just there training them like at that at that moment i'm not working out you know right. when i'm working out i could give a damn like sometimes man it's they still come up to me like can you change the song or can you change the music and it's like it does it affect you that I'm like i get it i okay what i need it for is to pump me up to get ready for the workout uh-huh. once i start moving and my blood's flowing like it's we're good to go you know it's just straight go and don't stop till you're done not even the bell just go to the bell you know go yeah. till you're done with the rounds you know don't be worried about oh i can't wait to the 30 second bell and then stop and then whatever you know yeah i think i think early on when we first started i i was a little more aware and maybe a little more concerned about the 30 second bell but <laughs> later like it's just you know you just hear it and and honestly like that all the bells start they just they're just bells like i sometimes i don't realize which one's the one to tell me to stop which one's the one for the 30 seconds which was the one to get me to start like i'm just i'm just trying to get through through my work i'm just working you know yes, yes. Yeah. and yeah speaking of work do you work hard, Luis? Uh, I consider myself to be a very hard worker, but continue. I don't. I don't think I work very hard. Okay. Why don't you work hard? I feel like I give up easily. Okay. Uh, easily, uh, like I don't know how to say. It, um, discouraged. You get discouraged. Okay. Why do you get discouraged? Um. Just that. It's like it gets hard and it gets painful. You get hurt. It starts yeah, hurting. It starts hurting. All right, everybody. So for those just tuning in, or hopefully those that have been listening for the past twenty minutes, um, I have my cousin on today. This is very, like I said, this is very much an improvised episode, um, and it's all good. Like Eddie was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it." You know, when I'm like, "It's cool. It's cool." Like, <laughs> I'm gonna just side note real quick, where it's like. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's not the end of the world. It's cool. Like I, I, told him, I, re, I tried to. I tried to reassure him. Like, dude, it's cool. Like, what's whatever. Like, we're gonna continue, and we haven't had an improvised podcast in a while. And like I said, I, I still had Brian bring Tools of Titans, and I actually bought my own copy just today, because I was like, okay, maybe we're gonna do this. But then me and we started talking in in the. We actually started talking. We went to McDonald's today. Well, because yeah, we can't eat meat, so right. fish burger. And I'm fish not gonna fillet. cook. Yeah, yeah. So, we ate like four fish patties and like it was all good you know whatever we had some mcdonald's it was all good anyway so we were talking and as the day progressed we got we were getting home right now in the afternoon and i was like dude do you want to be on the podcast today and he's like i don't know i like, you know he was he was hesitant i was like come on let's, let's let's give it a shot uh so that so i'm trying to just transition here uh for Luis's sake because he is here uh he's my cousin he's 15 he's in high school i'm not gonna say what high school we don't we don't give names like that 
anyways, so as we're talking about these concepts that we're we're learning about, we're tw- I mean I'm 25, Brian's 24, I want to be 26 this year, which is now for me it's just awesome. Like it's cool. It's just, it just I just I feel like I'm going backwards in time now that I I have a different mindset. Yeah. No, I was I was just gonna say like I I don't know when it was, but I I've definitely reached a point where I feel more comfortable getting older and I'm I'm more excited about the future rather than dreading it and you know getting older and more responsibilities or right. whatnot with the pressures of hey you need to start settle down and start a family <laughs> no no no, no. Yeah. hold up yeah yeah I'm, I'm more excited about yeah. my own plans that, yeah. that I have moment. now with the knowledge I have now like you know yeah so I get what you mean so so it's and I, I had already planned I had planned at some point at least to get Luis on here eventually um I mean, he's 15. He's he's in the meat of developing a brain, you know. <laughs> the way I see it were last year I had six months left to get as much information as I could. You know, that's why I read so many books and did this, that, did this and that. He has five years. And it's like, okay, just, you know, I'm just going to feed him as much information as I can with yeah. the time that I do have with him. I'm not worried about the 12 days I don't have him. More. I'm worried about the two days I do have him. The two solid, the 48 hours I do have them. Right. And uh, so, yeah, so Luis, he's here. We're talking about work. He gets discouraged. And that's where I say, as an adult now, a 25-year-old adult, is that's where it's our job to go and do with them. You know, like for me, like this morning, me and Luis went to nine round, and we got to work out in it. And then the last 10 minutes, which we were just talking about, um, I did the workout with him, and that's one thing uh, as far as being a difference between a leader and a manager. You know, one thing that I know I I strictly get this from extreme ownership, where you know you can't lead from the back; you have to lead from the front. Right. And so I take that to heart, and actually I found that you have you have to be in the middle because you have to know where you're going, but. You also need to make sure that your your team's coming with you. Mm-hmm. You know, you need you need to be able to navigate through, and I and of course with Navy SEALs it's way different because everybody has an individual job. It's not like oh everybody has an M4 and they just go shoot. No, it, you have the point man, you have the snipers, you have uh, the grenade holder, you know, the guys with the grenades. Right. Anyways, everybody has their individual job, so it's not a team of numbers. It's a team of responsibilities, and that's what's changed. You know, and so going back with Luis. And doing all these kettlebell swings, doing these uh, uh, push-ups and jump lunges and punching the bags and stuff, doing it with him. Um, I think it's vital. I, it's, I, I think vital is a strong word, and I want to use that word. It's vital for us as adults. If we understand so much, then you, you, you need to understand, and we need to understand, that these this next generation, they're going to be our employees. And that, and if we're good leaders over the manager thing, they're gonna fall into that position so we can retire happily. Because if, if you were to open up your own job, let's say Brian, let's say you open up, you're opening up your the store, right? You're gonna open up right. your own store. In ten years, you're gonna hire Luis. You're gonna train him up. You're gonna work him up. If you decide to retire and the store fails, it's not because of Luis, right? It, because leadership. right right and i of course this is very like i think a very compact example because you eventually i mean i you foresee hiring 
employees, not just an employee. Right. But I think when it's when you hire, I think it's that important because then when you have chi- when you have children, when you have siblings or whatnot, you know, being the oldest or being the senior leader in the company, then you know it's important to make sure you do nurture and maximize your time, which we were just talking about. You know, maximizing those three minutes maximizing those 48 hours, not the 12 other days that you're not going to be at work or whatever, you know, maximizing that time. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I had, like, let me go back. So, at the beginning of this episode, I, I had mentioned briefly that I talked to some sixth graders, and I, I just started developing these questions because I, I just saw boredom in the classroom, pure boredom. They were doing the work, but they're just bored out of their minds. Mm-hmm. So, one of the questions I asked and I had the students like write down, like, don't write your names, just write your answers, you know. And one of the questions was, would you help, what, no, sorry, what would help you pay attention in class? How could we make lessons more interesting? And uh, one of the answers I got, well, actually, before I get to the answers, I want to hear what you think. How, how do you feel in the classroom? And be honest, because this is very important. I'm going to let you know, this is very important for the macro picture of what I'm trying to do. And I, I need honest answers. We, I, we always hit good points on this podcast, and the main thing, the most important thing right now is honesty. So I need to hear you as a student, 15-year-old, you're a freshman in high school. What would help you? Okay, do you pay attention in class? Like, how, how, struck, how focused are you on whatever the teacher is trying to teach you? Uh, I focus on the, on the important lessons. Like, like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean important lessons? Like, um, stuff that would be on the state test or something. Mm-hmm. I don't Makes really sense. focus on unnecessary lessons that I don't need. Okay. You, do you guys get taught a lot of, oh, uh, okay, would those unnecessary lessons help you? Like, do you, like, or, or is it, is the state test lessons, like, so much information that you almost can't, like, keep the stuff that doesn't matter? Um, the state test does require, I mean, just talk, uh, well, uh, the question is, what would help you pay attention in class? But what I'm trying to get to is, like, because you're, sa- you're saying that there are lessons that you the, the teachers teach you, right? But they're not needed for the STAR test. And there's a bunch of lessons that you need for the STAR test. Now, is there so much information needed for the STAR test that you can't focus on the extra stuff? Yes, yes, there is a lot of information that is needed that you can't focus on the extra stuff because the tests or the lessons are easily forgotten if you teach this person this new thing. Because there's a lot of kids in my class, they get confused easily when you, like, offer a new subject that's, like, not needed for the test. Okay. All I'm getting is is that... We need to do away with the, with the fucking star test. <laughs> oh, man. What would help you? Okay, now Okay, now on the subjects that you're learning for star, you feel like you get that down pretty good. Yeah, I do. I okay, think so. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have... Do you, do you ask questions often? Um, only when I really, really do need it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, these, these, are par- these probably will be short answers. That's what I got from the students. I'm like, you can give me more, but I'm like, okay, yeah. They're 11 years old. They're 15 years old. You know, <laughs> I, I can only kind of expect so much right now. Right. But I'm hoping through this talk with Luis, you know, planting, trying to plant these seeds that we'll, we'll eventually get to way more dense discussions as we 
progress in the podcast. Anyways, how do you, okay, are the lessons interesting or is it only because of the test that you like are into them? It's mainly only because of the test that you get into them. You don't really study it because it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I got that. I got that general synopsis to you from the schools at Tuesday, Wednesday. I get, uh, this wouldn't tie in because uh, the next question would be how could we make lessons more interesting but if if the student's not interested you know and it's a heavy dichotomy it's a heavy dichotomy maybe because I know there's some things that we need to teach kids like virtues and whatnot but what I've just, what's your favorite subject Luis? Um, I would say history dude everybody's told me history Really? Everybody. History was probably one of my least favorite subjects in school. And history didn't become my favorite subject until college because of my professor. Mm-hmm. My professor, he, he was just all over it. And it was now great. Now I appreciate it. Yeah. Like, I, I wish I would have liked it more so right, that I, I knew more. Same. No, in high school, I was not about it but either. Yeah, yeah. Like, in school, it, it was my least favorite. But now, I guess maybe, you know, with my mentality now and, and my interest, I... I wish I, I would have enjoyed it more so so that I knew more about history. Right. But that's to me that's very interesting. It's not something I expected. Yeah, I okay, I think four out of five were history. And because it got to some point, you know, at the end, by the end of the class period, you know, I'm like, hey guys, real quick, what's your favorite subject? And oh whatever. And right. I had a I had one one female, she said science, which makes sense, which is great. And then, but I think the majority of males were history. Most of my help, my male students. Why is history your favorite subject? Um, I think it's my favorite subject because um, just the way it like it just interests me, like learning about past uh, times and how it was back then. Yeah. Does that make you feel like you were there and you were there instead of like here now? In a way, it does. Sometimes, yeah. Like I mean, it makes that makes sense too, because I know we have our nostalgic moments, you know? <laughs> and then we get to twenty five, like screw the past, let's keep moving. <laughs> us, yeah. you know, yeah. us, us, you know, like, it, cause I know, dude, remember? I mean, the music and like just things that we were doing, like that nostalgic, like thinking about it now, then you know, wishing we were like in a different time, from where we were at, and now look, now I think. I think the mindset has changed dramatically because of the things we're reading and the mindsets we're getting into now. You know, those seeds that we're getting fed, you yeah. know, from Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, Jock, for me, Jocko, you, jo- you know, us, Jocko, uh, Seth Godin, you know, all these great entrepreneurs and just wise thinkers, you yeah, know, just super wise thinkers. Now, like, my mentality consists a lot of you can't change the past. Don't dwell on it. It's only going to, you know, make you – it's only going to depress you if, if you know, maybe you you're – You've made some bigger mistakes and stuff like that. Like, don't even worry about it. Just move forward and, you know, plan accordingly for a bright and better future. Yeah. So I I get it. And, you know, with with what you're saying, with what we've been reading, that's kind of the, that's kind of the theme, right? Yeah. But I do, <laughs> sometimes I do like to dive into the past because of the nostalgia. And, yeah. And, like, I don't know, we haven't talked about this on the podcast before, but... I've brought up how sometimes listening to like some sad music and stuff brings positive feelings in me. It's actually scientific. I just read a scientific like thing 
where it right. says that. You know, it's yeah. like, you know. It's and it's something that good. I know, like, I brought up to you, maybe Eddie. And I know if if it was just us two, then I think you agreed with me. Um, but, yeah, then and then I might have stumbled upon something like that, too, like what you're saying. And I was like, wow, like, I wasn't so far off. Like, I wasn't crazy. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not emo. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not crazy. It's just a, just the time in our <laughs> lives that it's like, man, you know. One thing I do wish from the past, this is just a, a extremely side note, but I still want a like 68, 69 Camaro. Like, <laughs> that's, still, that's still one of my dream cars. Right. You know, I, I still want. My dad's a Chevelle, so that's when we have a Chevelle and a, and a Camaro. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. Do you get a lot of homework? Uh, yeah, I do. You get quite a bit of homework. What would you like to be done as a part of your homework? Like, you're on YouTube a lot, yeah. right? When you're not doing homework, you're on YouTube a lot. You know, what What tools that you're not using in school would you like to be used? And YouTube is a tool, so if you want to say, if YouTube's one of them, if you give more more examples of what you would like to use at home to help you study and learn this material better. Like, if the teacher would provide links, like, on YouTube, so, like, this person, like, professional, can help you. You know, like, they could provide links to YouTube videos. Yeah. To can help you with the subject and... And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're but, but like what I was saying that, you know, generation after us, they're kind of using the tools or we all have access to it. But the generation after us, Gen Z, they are more prone to using these tools, you know, yeah. on the Internet and, and basically experiences and ideas from anybody around the world. Right. And that's what Luis is getting yeah. at. You yeah. know, he wishes that. There could be a, some sort of link to, hey, you know, this YouTuber, this blogger, this vlogger, they can help you with your homework or they'll have a, a more efficient way of doing this or, you know. Man. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, this is going to be a general question that we can go forward with is what, what, what does that do for teachers if we can learn anything from the internet. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I just mentioned earlier. Like, I have my my inner debate about the traditional education route versus, you know, picking up your tools from anybody in the world. So I think in this case, teachers become more of, like, a guidance rather than an actual educator. And then the world becomes your educator. Education. System. Yeah, and uh, I was talking to, you know my cousin Johnny from California? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, the last time I saw him in Dallas, or no, actually not the last time. But no, yeah, the last time. The last time I had uh, lunch with him and my brother in Dallas, they're both uh, wanting to be engineers. But the school that he goes to in California, that's basically what their, their um, structure is in the classroom. There's a mentor there to kind of guide them through the lesson and guide them through the material. But they they are pretty much learning things through hands-on work, yeah. hands-on experience. Makes sense. And the teachers aren't like, if if I'm if I remember correctly, they're not like certified teachers like what we're used to having. They're kind of mentors. They're they're guidance. Yeah, they're, counselors they're, I think mentors is the best the best yeah, term you can use. Yeah, that guide them through all the the material and the work. But really, they're not they're not doing much teaching right. as you and I would know it, or as you and I had 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 it, right. had it taught to us. Man, it's so interesting. It's it's gonna be an interesting change because, I mean, <laughs> the crazy I guess the crazy extreme is like, where do you go from the internet? 
you have everything at that you have everything access to you you know like given to you or in a sense given to you yeah i think i think if anything it just gets easier to 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 send to transfer the information yeah it, it's gonna be a lot more information a lot more people out there putting out content that yeah. you can use or relate to or i think i think at some point there w- maybe maybe this is this is i'm having like a gary v moment but maybe youtube will at some point be our education if i mean it very well maybe because you know even in college we use these academic like um databases right to, to and it's it's a database of of uh, literature that scholarly yeah, literature yeah scholarly articles and you know published work that anybody and everybody has written so i'd hate to think that that maybe we're heading more that maybe our attention spans are heading in the way of a visual learning rather than you know just reading or, or listening to a lecture but uh it could very well go that route you know And I guess what's crazy to me at this moment is, is like that mixture of wanting the next batch of kids to be well educated, and yet having, you know, at this moment no control. Like I'm not gonna run for school board. I'm not gonna do a bunch of things that that maybe would make a difference. But like that political stuff. Like well, right now, you won't. But right. what about 15, 20 years from yeah, now? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, now, after the... Oh, I've talked about the Andy Walker thing, you know, where I didn't anticipate the podcast. And, you know, that was... You know, I didn't anticipate half the things that I'm doing now. Reading, you know, one of the things I brought up in episode... Uh, I don't know. Sorry. The Extreme Ownership Part 2 episode was... Um, I talked about Andy Walker and why I developed that. And then, you know, I didn't anticipate a podcast. I, didn't, I mean, podcast barely, if anything, existed five years ago, you know? So going back to the school board deal, it's very it's very possible. I'm very interested because I I know is it Neil deGrasse Tyson said he's working on some education stuff. I don't know if you caught that. He he was on Joe Rogan. I think it's episode nine nineteen. I think I did, and then Joe Rogan made a comment like, "I need that now." <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, right. Not in, not even in five years. Like my kids are in school now. I need that. Right. And lo- maybe that's where my thoughts have stemmed from, you know. And then being a substitute and what, I mean these kids, and I was actually talking to my mom about this just before we started recording was like my favorite students are the bad students. Those are the ones I focus on because I know the good students are going to do their work. And sometimes I, I feel like the bad students aren't even necessarily bad. You just don't grab their attention the same way, the traditional right, exactly. route. So I do think that there may be a shift in, in you know, our, our, inst- our educational institutions. Um, maybe not now, but as – as we, as our, I guess maybe our, our values and our our knowledge of the world and education starts shifting from the older generations onto, you know, the younger ones, there will be a shift. And at some point there will be a transition where we say, you know what, maybe this isn't working for everybody. Yeah. Let's, let's find something better. Funny thing is, that I'm going to tie this into health real quick because me and Luis were out working out and whatnot. And then, of course, I, I had him drink. The same like juice concentrate that I drink that started I, I just started drinking this week, and uh, but of course it all every for the most part every label says this is based on a two thousand calorie diet, right? And I'm like and th- that made me question the whole like two thousand calorie diet system because 
I was like, okay, let's assume, um, okay, right now I'm 5'7", five, 5'8", five, right? And let's say I'm on a healthy 2,000 calorie diet because I don't exercise, you know? Okay. So if Luis didn't exercise, he's 6'3". You're going to tell me 2,000 calories is enough for him? Well, I think let's say he needs to consume 4,000, then he'd adjust that juice concentrate. Like, everybody's different. That's, that's just no, that's kind of like... Point. Well, that's my point. What's my point? It's like, the, like they're trying to, they, they've been, I mean, I feel like maybe companies have, have been trying to make things black and white so they can get people on their side. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, maybe, I'm not, maybe I wasn't clear. Like, I have to consume 2,000 calories, right? You're going to tell me that Luis can only consume 2,000 calories being almost a foot taller than me? Like, I think it's more, he needs more. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he needs more. And if you're saying based on a 2,000 calorie diet, like it doesn't, what you're saying, it doesn't apply to everybody. The same education system doesn't apply to everybody. And I know, I know we got to this point at some, at, at, uh, at an, on another podcast where you brought up, you know, do we need to, I think it was an opinion, you know, you said pure opinion, but do we need an overhaul on the education system? Mm-hmm. I actually asked one teacher Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, and she said yes. And yeah, I was and like, well. And the more, the more, like, time I spend out of school, the more I, I believe it. I don't know why. It just feels like the the schooling that we went through is kind of outdated. And it's, yeah. it, it, could, it could be better. And the only thing is I can't say how it could be better. Like, right, I don't right. have the answers, yeah, but, right. but it definitely needs to be looked at. And because th- th- things are changing, you know, the YouTube thing. And it's like, you want to learn how to become a teacher? Go on YouTube. <laughs> no, whatever. Yeah, basically, like... Dude, YouTube has become my Google. Yeah. I don't even really bother Googling things. Yeah. I just go straight to YouTube and someone's going to show me or someone's give me a like an entertaining lecture on on, right. on what I want to know. Yeah, and you know, like now they uh, I forgot what I was uh one time I was I was trying to kind of catch up on on something on like a book or or something. I just kind of wanted to get like the down and dirty rundown of it. Yeah. And um it was really <laughs> it was I hate to admit it, but it was, you know, I'm going to get very stereotypical, but it was a, a black guy, <laughs> kind of like in, in the rapper gangster clothing, okay. speaking like a gangster and just explaining the book to me. And that it was it was very easy for me to understand and relate, you know, the, the, the plot. And, that, you know, that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, we need to adjust to, to and not that we need to, but we will have to because everything else is changing. Yeah. So. I was like, funny thing, because, like, of course, our politicians, for the most part, are older people. So it's like, okay, imagine I run for, let's just say, I I, I really don't plan. I I may pay somebody <laughs> to, to do this for me. You know, I, I just, I'd help, hopefully have the capital to be able to do that. You know, like, hey, I would say lobby, but lobby for the right. You know, like, and what I would lobby for, I guess going to this is, you know, uh, being able to adjust, because okay now let's let's say I ran for off for a political for a sorry a school office a school board member whatever in fifteen years. In fifteen years, it's gonna change again. You know, like like what I can't I I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right for me to say oh this is what I learned this is this is it. In fifteen years, you'd be like okay guys this is what's going on now, this is what we should be doing now. You know that makes sense like. And we're now, or sorry, we're n- today, okay, today, 2017, um, oh, man, I don't know if it was on Hidden Brain. I think it might have been, where, you know, a, a political office, I think the way they put it was, like, a political office 
is now used just to draw. Like, people are using political office for their brand. Hmm. In a sense. I, I need to, I guess I need to remember and re-listen to one of the episodes that I had already heard. But it was, it was around, like, that mind. It was similar to that. Where, like, like, cause they, cause they brought up like Donald Trump versus Hillary, and like how everybody, like even the media, even the mainstream news media, they all use fear to either get you to not do something, and or the way mainstream media works is that they use fear to get you to stay on that channel. Like, oh my God, this is, did you hear this? And they get you turn to that channel. Right. Oh, did you hear this? Oh, you turn to that channel. Oh, did you hear what Donald Trump said? And then you, you know, you. I caught whatever. that. I caught that earlier on this week when I was, uh, I was having dinner at, at the at the table at home okay. and the TV was on and I was watching the news and I, I caught something like right before commercials, like, but it was like that. It was, it right was, before the commercial. Yes. Like, they, Oh, they when we come back, around. Yeah. body found in the canal. Yeah. Something very vague and, and, and sketchy. And, and it makes you wonder like, well, crap, am I in danger or what, what is this? You know? Yeah. So you stick around and watch and I'm just so against it because yeah. there's negativity everywhere. And the fact that, like, yes, you should be informed, but I I don't like the fact that mainstream media is filtering it for you, you know? That's why I, I like to go and kind of do my own research on what I think is important or is, you know, vital for me to know. Yeah. Uh, speak, well, we can go into mainstream media just real quick. We were at McDonald's, and, of course, in the kids' section, they have, like, Disney Channel and the and the, the main main. Seating area, right. they have CNN, and of course every, every, they're all talking about Moab, yeah. <laughs> mother of all bombs, <laughs> and Trump, and you know getting all these you know either veterans on there, and then they get some Dems on there, you know some liberals, and they're just back and forth. There was no debating, but it was just back and forth, right? So one question that I've been pondering on, pondering on, since our last podcast that uh, we talked about, we talked, I talked about a student that brought up like the military draft and whatnot. So. Given that, and given just the circumstances of uncertainty, um, it made me think. I'm like, man, and I think I said this on the podcast where I was like, man, do I do I stay? Do I go? You know, because if I go, then I won't be here with Luis. Like he's probably the priority. You know, that's equ- equ- I would say equivalent to music, because I know, and I told him because he today he asked me. He's like, he's like, how do you see me? And I'm like. Well, I see you as a 15-year-old kid who has a chance. I'm like, the rest of the help is coming is going to come from me. I'm like, that's why I want you to go work out with me. I want you to eat right foods. I want you to do all these things. I'm like, you have a chance, right? So anyways, going back to the route. And we got to McDonald's and CNN's on. And, and I asked Luis because the question I pondered on was, do I stay or do I go? And I told Luis, I'm like, hey, man, how would you feel about me joining the Army Reserve? And what did you tell me, Luis? I said that, I mean, there's really no point of joining the Army Reserve if you're just going to be away and not go to war. And then what else did you say? You said, you had, you said a little more. Say, I, said, say it all. I said that if I, were gonna, if I were to join the military, I would have joined the Army, not the Army Reserve. Why? Because... I mean, there's there's really no use in being in the Army Reserves if you're not being used the correct way. I mean, like, you go to the Army Reserves and you're just there and you're not doing anything versus 
people going uh, going to Iraq and Afghanistan and giving their lives up. I mean, that's pretty much. Yeah, no, I, I I'm leaving a pause on purpose so people can hopefully digest that. That's coming from a 15-year-old. And he, as much as he thinks that, as much as he thinks that, oh, like, I, like you know, he gets tired, he gets fatigued, you know, when he's working out and doing this and that. And, you know, he feels like maybe he's not mentally strong enough yet. His mindset is, well, what's the point if I'm not going to go, if I'm not going to go do and for me, that's very good. So, so, and one of the things that you, that you ended with, Luis, was also like, you know, that you think the war's going to end. You, oh, think, yeah. you think Trump's going to put an end to it with this stuff that's going on. Go ahead. Um, well, I think he is going to end the war pretty much. Okay. How? Like, like how? Like, I mean, talk about, well, tell me what you said on earlier. Eventually, I, well, he, he dropped the bomb, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure eventually ICE is just going to give up. ICE is just going to be tired of losing... Uh, soldiers and eventually they're not gonna have enough people to do do um, the acts mm-hmm. that they wouldn't like they would like to do. Right, right, and and of course there's gonna be a lot of people on here listening like, oh no, like for <laughs> and actually I saw a meme yesterday is like, oh Trump dropped a bomb, so let's welcome 50 new terrorists, right? And I was like, maybe, but they'll probably die too. You know, like that, that's kind of my mindset, you know, whatever. But my point still reflects on the fact that this 15-year-old kid is thinking that way. And he, if and I, I, I'll tell everybody, I trust Luis's intuition way more than I trust my own. I trust my own pretty well, like, I, like maybe like 80%, 90%. I trust Luis's uh, intuition 98%. Like I'm, it's, it's really dead on. And so when he brought up that point of view of like, it's, and he said, he's like, it's not going to happen right away, but the war's going to end. And he's like, you shouldn't go because the war's going to end. And I said, cool. <laughs> and I said, cool. And I, and, I, and, I told, and I told him, too, I'm like, I couldn't have this conversation with my parents or, or anybody else. I, I don't feel yeah. like, you know, I, I waited till this weekend because, like I said, going back to the conversation I had with the student and then we had it in the podcast, but military jazz, and I, 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 was in a, I was in my own little state of vulnerability because I was like, well, I'll, I'll sign up for the reserves. I'll still be home. Because I'll just be training. If they need us to go out, we'll ship out, and that'll be that, right? But at least I'll be home for Luis. You know, I'll be home, and we'll get some more work done. You know, get him just get him ready for everything, not, not, not just one specific thing. Anyways, so then when we were watching CNN, and, and uh, then he tells me that, I was like, okay, well, I'll wait it out longer. Like, I can wait it out, you know? Right. Um, and I was like, that was the end of my com- – that was the end of my that, – that uncertainty is gone because that's all I needed was the reassur- reassurance of, like, of okay, yes or no, but also he gave me like a little foundation of like if you're gonna go to, if you're gonna go go do it all the way you know go to the navy go to the army go to the marines right. go to the air force whatever I couldn't go to the air force I'm blind as fuck so <laughs> it wouldn't work but um, but you know like don't go to the reserves and one thing that he mentioned and and I I didn't think about it maybe in depth but like you know that's taxpayers money like don't forget it's taxpayers money and what I tied it into is like it's a human being right paying for your well-being in a sense right and so i was like man like he, i mean louis brought up valid points and i was like okay i'm done like i'm, I'm done with that i don't have to think about it anymore mm-hmm. because if things escalate then he knows now we've we've already talked about it so it's it's out in the open you know my hardest thing was like hey louis 
what do you think about this? Like, no. And if he, if he gave me, I mean, if he gave me legitimate reasons, I wouldn't go anyways, right? I really wouldn't. But we talked about, it and he gave me, a, to me, a fulfilled answer, you know, an honest answer. Right. It's like, okay. And then, like I said, the whole thing about the war's going to end, and then taxpayers' money, okay. And if you're not going to do it right, then don't go at all. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go, then go freaking sign up for the Army, sign up for the Marines, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And, and uh, that was that. That was the end of that conversation. That was earlier this morning. That was after workout. We had post-workout. We got some greens in us. Then we got some, you know, we got some fish because that's, that's what we had to eat today. Which is all good. Uh, very much a conscious thing, though, because we were gonna go to Logan's. Cause like, hey man, you hungry? He's like, yeah. And I was like, and we're like steaks. Like, yeah, let's let's get some steaks. Like, and we had a good workout. You know, he hadn't had a workout with me in a while, yeah. so uh, let's I was get like, that gratification. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's 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 get let's get some steaks. Let's get, let's get some like yeast rolls in, dude. <laughs> let's get some of that stuff. You know, let's get some of that stuff going. And then we were literally like maybe 500 feet from Logan's, and I was like, it's Good Friday. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we can't have meat. And so we got to the parking lot, and I was like, should we? And he's like, he's like, no, I'm not going to hell because of you. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> I was like, that's fair enough. That's all I needed to. You know, it, it's so, uh, man, that's, that's mine and Luis's relationship. You know, I allow him to check me. You know, I'm an adult, but I listen. And I'm, and I'm not saying this to gloat. I'm saying this to... For you parents and then future parents or those that want to be parents, it's like you need to listen to your child. And and it's interesting how we're we're doing this podcast today, this episode. We're an hour in. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't anticipated, but everything that's gone through my week has led up to this conversation. So it makes yeah. sense. And I, th- I think it only makes sense like like what you just said about listening, not only to your children, but I think that's that's one thing that a lot of people don't do it like in their daily lives like they don't listen enough they don't they don't try to absorb what's out there what anybody else has to say yeah. a lot of the times i feel like we walk around thinking that we've got an all-knowing book in our heads and only we know the right way or that we trust very limited amounts of people or you know we only do like things a certain way but no like you have to listen why wouldn't you in today's day and age when there's all this information out there? Why wouldn't you listen to to what has to be said to, you know, to different examples, different reasonings and just, you know, like like that's why I guess that's why I like Tim Ferriss's style with with Tools of Titans. Tools for Tools of Titans, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's a buffet style. Everything's there and, you know, if one thing doesn't work for you, then keep reading, you'll find something. Yep. So Keep listening. You'll find something. Right. And then and going back to Tool Titans, is my mom opened up to this book with Chris. I'm going to go with Seika because it's 2C. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Chris Seika. And, and, mom's like, and cause, like I said, my mom's like, oh, my God, like, that's, that's a huge book. And she opened it. And I'm like, see, that, that's the point. You open up to one page and you're like, oh, yeah, I've been told that before. Oh, man, I should, I should, I should do that more often or whatever. You know, I'm like, that's the point. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly the point. It's a buffet style that you can get something every day. If you read one page, I 99% guarantee you that you'll get something that you can use today yep. in, these, in these books. All of them. I mean, I have, I now have the four, I have the four hour body by Tim Ferriss and now I have tools of Titans, you know, like these books, they're, they're gold. I mean, they're literal gold to me. They're more valuable than gold. Yeah. Back to education real quick. Uh, Luis, do you, do you get, uh, do they give you like incentives at school? Like, Hey, if you read this much, we'll give you a candy or, or you get something. Oh, actually, 
I think uh, Wednesday, my my algebra teacher um, gave us a, a study sheet, right? Okay. Well, he made us study for 15 minutes. Then he told us to put the study sheet away. And then he gave us, uh, basically, you know how you used to solve those um, missing blanks? Uh, fill in the blanks? Kid, yeah, but math. Okay. So you had to, like, the write the equation and all that. Okay. And he said... Um, you're competing against your partner next to you. Whoever gets the most filled out in the next ten minutes gets about how much, like five Jolly Ranchers. Hmm. And okay, did those five? I mean, maybe it did. Did those five Jolly Ranchers make you like want to win? Like those five Jolly Ranchers, did they make you want to win? Or you're like, eh, it's five Jolly Ranchers. It's like, yeah. Uh, be honest. I mean, be honest. I need I need honest answers. I'm not I'm not I'm not here to ridicule. I'm here to learn. I think I think it did kind of like persuade me to get better. Okay. Like I mean to like, like finish. Right, you want to try to finish first. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, the reason why I bring up incentives is because I. Can we find better incentives than candy? And pizza and I and I think pizza party is okay because you have like a group thing. Right. Uh, this week at the school I was at, they were, uh. They had the book fair and whatever. So if you read eight, po- I think it was like eight points, AR, AR books. Like if you read eight points, you got a dollar, one dollar credit at the book fair. And I was like, it's like, it's like a dollar 19 for a candy. Like, <laughs> well, to me, like, I remember the book fair being kind of pricey. Yeah. So, and, you know, as far as incentives go, I don't know that we can find quote-unquote, better incentives because I feel that different things will appeal to different students. Fair. So let's say those Jolly Ranchers appeal to half the class, but mm-hmm. the other half was just like, eh, this is just candy. I don't need it or yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. it. I don't, I don't like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So I think that incentives do work, but yeah. the right incentives. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. And I, cause I don't disagree. Go ahead. Uh, my sixth grade uh, history teacher had the best answer to that. Like, uh, if I do this for you, can you give me a candy? He would just be like, um, he'd be like, like you say, a kid says, um, if I do it, what are you gonna, what are you gonna give me? He would say knowledge. That's good. See, that's that's one of those outliers that I feel is for the better of like a child's education, and not having to force feed this knowledge, you know, because of a test. Now feed the knowledge because it's good for the student. They should know, ba- you know, obviously basic math. You know, you know how to read. You know, context clues, critical right. thinking. You know, like. Those basic foundational things, but, you know, I think when it comes to the meat of what's going on in the education system is, like, the star test, the tax test, the toss test. Remember the toss test? Back I remember then? all of them. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> and then the star before the toss test. You know, there was, it yeah. was actually star at one point, then toss, then tax, and star again, you know, going through these changes. And it's like, and even with these teachers I was talking with this week, and it's like, oh, like, hey, what's going on? I was like, well, we're, we're reviewing for the next two weeks because the star's coming up, like the first or second week of May. I'm like, okay, cool. And, I, of course, I'm, I don't have anything more to say to that, but it just makes me think. It's like, okay, yeah. I remember going through those two, three weeks or that six weeks of preparing for the physics tax test or whatever. You know, I, mm-hmm. I remember doing that in those classes in high school. And it's like, yeah, man, it, maybe this, is, this part's pure opinion, but it's – it's very nerve-wracking because then people wonder why you don't have better em- better employees. Not even have good employees, but better employees. 
right. you know, in, in the workplace. I think it's it's very corollary. And especially now, I think going back to your extreme ownership, you know, it starts with the leaders, starts with the guys at the top. Um, and even now, I was it you, Luis, that said, you know, where, tr- where Obama, you know, try to keep peace for eight, what What was you say? You said something like where Obama tried to keep peace for eight years and then, you know, has now led to like the creation of this war or something like that. You said something like that. I think I said um, that Obama ended a lot, a lot of wars, but he created one big war. That's what he said. He ended a lot of little wars, which was like, and I don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. But when he, when he said it like, when Luis said this like that, where it's like, you know, he ended all the small day-to-day stuff, but now we're going to, it seems like we're going to head into a bigger war, which we might. We don't know yet. It depends on everybody else and their nuclear bombs and shit. Right. You know, but when he, when he brought up like, but that led to a big war, it's that delayed reaction. And if that happens, it is corollary, because I'll never forget our history AP, AP, AP teacher in high school. I'm not going to say his name, because I think he's a lawyer now. Uh, but but uh, he always said, you know, like the presidential like effects are always delayed. Because he talked about Bush. You know, we were ending the Bush administration, going to the Obama administration. And one thing he's like, guys, like you won't see this until like later. And now we're we're done with eight years of Obama, right? So it must be where we're gonna get some of that some of that delayed reaction, whether we want to admit it or not. But I think our teacher was onto something there. Yeah. Because in the end, we always tie everything into time, delayed gratification versus instant gratification, and the di- the you know the massive differences that of results that can happen because of the, because of whatever whether you let it happen and wait. Be patient with it, or if you want something now, which people want stuff now, you know, given our circumstances with social media and whatnot, people want yep. something now. So Obama was able to cater to that. But if Luis is right on the creation of the bigger war, then you know it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the next four years. And imagine like Trump's get reelected. Trump 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 gets reelected. Yeah, and that's already a big probability because reelection odds are very high. Mm-hmm. You know. What what president? Very few presidents didn't get reelected. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's a lot. I'm, I'm trying to digest this with everybody who who, who is listening right now because it's it's we're a lot. We're digesting this in real time. Yeah, we're digesting this in real time. I guarantee it. I have I do have some notes that I that I am going off of, but uh, I'm trying to. It still it seems like all this ties in. You know, going from Luis's generation to our generation to then the president, which is you know the older generation. You know, in general, seeing that process and literally at this moment in time being smack in the middle as 25-year-old millennials being in the middle of 10 years younger than us, 10 years older than us, and then beyond, you know. And one thing that, you know how we always talk about how we do things a certain way or we do certain things and then later when we find other successful people doing them, it kind of reassures you that you're on the right path. Yes. So I'm reading this. I'm kind of just flipping through uh Tools of Titans, and I, I came across a profile that of uh, this author that I, I like. Mm, yes, yes. Paulo Coelho. That. So uh, there's a, a quote of his here that says, the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion. And I think that's that's something, you know, we always kind of talk about, you know, leading by example, and, you know, your opinion is pretty much worthless, or it's your own, really. Yeah, yeah. But it's not going to change a thing. And I, I kind of, when I say this, I'm kind of thinking about the people that whine. Yeah. 
people that whine, complain, and just vent about the same thing over and over, but they don't make a difference, and they don't do anything about it. They're they're not proactive on, on their opinions. So, I don't know, just reading this kind of reassures me that that that's that that's right yeah that the world is changed yeah. by your example and i've already i've already talked about leading by example i don't i don't want to necessarily go into it again mm-hmm. uh one thing that i will mention is what i told what i told Luis becoming a freshman this year was I, I think i've mentioned this as well but now that he's here he can he can hear me say it but i had told him at the beginning of the school year i'm like i'm like don't forget bro i'm like now you're a freshman I'm like now you have sixth, seventh, and eighth graders seeing, watching you, watching your moves. They, they, whether you think so or not, how you do things is how they're gonna think it's okay to do things. I, I, I guess I, I just don't want to go into leading by lead by example necessarily. Yeah, no. Uh, because I've and already talked about it. Go ahead. No, and I was gonna okay. say I didn't necessarily mean to go into leading by yeah, example. Yeah, no, yeah. Just more of. Don't just sit there and complain. But, right, right. You know, get out there and be proactive. Do something. Right. I, okay. I, I guess. I guess what I was gonna say because what I'm I'm trying to lead by example. I'm trying to do the work mm-hmm. so that the people who do follow me or maybe, you know, look for me for advice. Like, well, this is what you do. And now with social media, I'm able to post every single minute if I want to on right. what I'm doing. So like with Luis, you know, me trying to do that with him, but then reminding him that hey, you whether you think so or not, you are a leader. Now, if you're good or not, that that's the difference, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you go from a leader to a manager and you start diversifying between that. But I tell him, you know, don't forget. And maybe he had, you know, maybe he had, but it, I, I know I needed, I was going to need a lot of time. Uh, last year, I will admit I was, I'm going to use this word very, I guess loosely, but I was very savage in my workout methods with Luis. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't care if he hated me. It didn't matter. Right. And because that's still my mindset now, but I'm able to approach it better. You know, I, I. I just maybe more effectively. Yeah, yeah, just more effectively and more efficient. So we're like, instead of saying, "Hey, we're gonna go punch a bag for ten minutes," I'm like, "Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to go play basketball? Do you want to do you want to go roll? You know, right. finding things that encompass that he does like, and just do that for an hour. You know, do that for an hour. Yeah. So like me with him, but now reinstilling again him as a freshman, now gonna be a sophomore. So now he's gonna have these eighth graders coming up to freshmen. You you know, be having their freshman, he's gonna have a, he's gonna be a sophomore. Now he's competing, competing for JV spots, varsity spots. Like, hey, this is where you're going to distinguish. And and hopefully little by little, I mean, with the more time I have with him, obviously, keep instilling the mindset of, like, the pain's going to happen, but it's only for a little bit. Now, if you want to play college football, if you want to do pro football, those guys work out every freaking day, every day, seven days a week. You know, and especially now that um, one thing that I heard on a podcast recently, I think it was Justin Wren on Joe Rogan. We talked about like before, like he would go to training camp. He's a UFC fighter, sorry, UFC fighter J- Justin Wren, and he would go into a training camp to just train for the fight. Six weeks, cut a bunch of weight, get in shape for those six weeks, and then just go back to his normal stuff. Right. Where now, like the training he has, in particularly now, it's it's a lifestyle. It doesn't stop. You know, you you live healthily just to be healthy, a healthy person. Yeah, that's why I don't believe in diets. Yeah, right, right. Diets, right. Yeah, we've gone to that too. Most yeah, of the right, time, right. they're just temporary, and you're just going to try to follow this to meet a certain goal, and then you're going to let you yourself go. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think that more so going into 2017, yeah. you know, you should alter your, your lifestyle to fit, not necessarily like a specific, for example, a fitness goal, mm-hmm. 
but just a lifestyle goal. You know, how do you how do you like to live? Not how would you like to look by this yeah. point in time, mm-hmm. or not what do you want to accomplish for these two months, but what do you want to accomplish down the road? Yeah, yeah. I think I think those who wrote like fitness books like the past five years or so, leading up to now. I think that they try to capitalize on that to make a profit. Like, hey, guys, you know, do this, this, and that. Right. And and for some people it works, but not for everybody, right? And for those who get not encompassed, like they, they get pulled, I guess. They get drawn. They get drawn. I guess it's a better word. They get drawn to, like, these books. Like, oh, the book says this, so it must be good. You know, and it takes way more than that. And, you know... I, I'm just going to reiterate the, you know, the process, what Gary Vee talks about, you know, versus the instant gratification. You know, that, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But we've talked about that over and over again. And we always come back to it, every, almost every single podcast. We find a way to talk about delayed gratification versus instant gratification, that dichotomy. It's our lifestyle. <laughs> it, it really is. And it's, it's, it's debating whether, okay, do we want this right now? Or is there, now, if, that's the, if you have a goal that, that you can accomplish right now, great. That's, that's fine. But we're talking about, okay, if you have a macro goal, what is keeping you from it? Uh, one thing, actually, I read this on, I started following the Elite Stoic. I think that's what it's called. Oh, like, they just replied to me. So the, the Stoic Elite, they, they follow Tony Robbins, they follow Gary Vee, they follow Jocko, they follow all these guys that I talk about. And this morning, they, cause they post, that, I like their page because they post consistently on their Instagram story. And the question of the day for today was, what can you cut out today to live a better life? And I replied I reply because I'm like, I need to be honest because I'm like, I, I believe in stoicism to a fault. You know, yeah. I really do. So I replied, uh, my, and I, and I think I've said this before, were sugar, artificial sugar specifically. You know, like that's my nemesis. And I, cause I, put, I put artificial sugars, I said literally one of my only nemesis, but I'm working on it every day. I'm 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 trying. I'm trying. I really am. And and they replied to me, "You'll beat it in no time." And Good this deal. is this is a this is a page that has seven thousand eight hundred followers, and they follow thirty seven hundred people. So you know, for them to re- to respond to one person, they don't even follow me, right. but they responded to my to my post. Tying that to Gary Vee, that's what he talks about: replying, engaging, replying, engaging, replying, engaging, every single day. Uh, Gonzo's girlfriend. She she's into like arts and crafts and stuff. And Gonzo's like, hey, she's really good. And and he retweeted one of her pictures. She like actual photography picture. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, that's pretty good. Um, and by this time, when I saw this picture, Gonzo had already told me about like what she's kind of thinking about and whatnot. And I was like, she needs to vlog for the next five years, take a bunch of pictures, and keep drawing and painting. Basically, what I'm what I'm seeing that becomes more and more common is lifestyle blogs. Yeah, people are just posting about their lifestyle, and that's what I'm doing. A lot of the yeah. time, more more focused on on certain things, but you do get to see, um, basically, if your interest is surfing, yeah, there's someone out there with a lifestyle blog that mainly revolves around surfing, but you get to see other areas of their of their life, and you know, who knows, you'll find those little golden nuggets. Yeah, right, everywhere. right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean about like you know, I I don't know if I brought it up on a podcast. But I remember bringing it up at some point about Generation Z having more in common with people from other countries than people like living next door. Yeah. Because they are, 
they're able to better connect with people from everywhere around the world. So they'll be, you know, they'll be more relatable or, or just more alike in, in some interests because they're, they're able to connect with those people. Not just, not just like on, um, I don't even want to say this. Not connect just, uh, like in the sense of relating. Right. But they can engage with them. Yep. There's, I'm looking for this post on 8Fact app. After you sent me that one, I started following them because I'm like, there's some very interesting stuff on there. Dude, I was, I don't want to admit it, but I, I, I went back on their timeline like for a while just because it was so interesting. Yeah. I, I well, that's why like I'm, that. I'm looking for one because it talk, there's, a, there's a deal where I'm, I'm, I'm going to find it because I'm going to edit this little piece out, but. Or mention it. I probably read it. Right. Well, the it's where they say like there's at least like nine people like you in the or like nine percent of like like meeting someone exactly like you. Yeah. There's a percentage, like six percent chance. And I'm trying to find like I, yeah, I think it's six percent. You'll meet someone exactly like yes. you yes. somewhere else in the world. I think that's more likely even now. Like whenever that fact was drawn up, yeah, it's it's the odds are only gonna get higher. Yeah, as especially with the, of course, the, the, the interwebs. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Social media. Connection. Dang, only about 2% of the world has green eyes. So you find a green-eyed girl, keep her. <laughs> How you doing, Luis? You all right? I'm fine. <laughs> well, you know, it's okay. It's all good. I, I just, I'm just trying to, trying to keep you engaged. But this is, man, I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it it worked out having having this pan out this this way you know with us three today. I'm not gonna find. It. I'm, I'm gonna leave it out. I'll I'll maybe find it later and just mention it. What about his? Oh, you already said. Do you have like? Okay. Do you have? I guess it's just moving on. Moving on with the podcast. Do you have any uh, specific things you liked in his like like that happened in history? I think World War Two. Okay. Why? Because, like, there was a bunch of different uh, countries a part of the war. And they all had their own opinions about it. And they all contributed in, like, different ways. So did you like, like, the unity of it? Yeah. The fact that all these different countries with maybe different ideals were able to come together and help each other out. Yeah, in a way. Good deal. Well, have you heard, I don't know if you heard, Brian, but supposedly... That like Japan's teaming up with the U.S. for the Pacif- for the for the Pacific, so it's an interesting no, I've been thing that's happening. Honestly, I've been out of the loop with a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And sort of purposely. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and, and usually I am because I've been totally like trying to just stay off TV. Mm-hmm. But I think what's been happening since I've been spending more time out in the public because here at home, dude, we don't have cable. I, I'll never see CNN, and if right. we're out, you know. Uh, but I think because I I've, I've been you know. My Monday through Fridays have been a little more busy, you know, being out and about. Mm-hmm. So I've been just out, you know, seeing TV through that, you know, through those yeah. channels, literally different places. So one of the things I did see, actually, no, I got that from Twitter. So that's completely wrong. But uh, but uh, I think it was on Twitter, uh, probably like Fox News or something. Because I do follow like Fox News. I I follow both sides. You know, I follow the, the dichotomies because it fascinates me, people arguing about stupid stuff. But this particular case where i saw both like sides mentioned like japan teaming up with the u.s 
or whatever might occur is interesting because that's the, I mean that's the whole Pacific scene. You know, that's, I mean we're gonna see what happens there. We're we're we've been so focused on the Middle East for the past seventeen years, you know, sixteen years, right? Um, that that to have the Pacific scene kind of open up again, you know, military militaristically or militaries. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, to me, there's a lot of correlations given what uh, your frat brother, well, both, well, my friend, our friend, and then the frat brother who's in the reserve as well. Mm-hmm. You know, given their timelines of what things things to happen, it, it's it's very corollary to what's going on. To me, it makes sense. You know, I haven't heard anybody say it doesn't make sense, but I don't know if people have really thought about it yet. All they're all right. they're thinking about or talking about maybe is. Oh Trump! I hate Trump, and that's that. That to me, that's the thing right now is that Trump. You know, mm-hmm. even at nine, I heard uh, one of the clients yesterday. Uh, I was like, "Hit it like you're mad," you know, the bag, right? And she's like, "Oh, if it was Trump, I would." I'm like, "Well, pretend it's Trump. You know, if that makes you hit it harder, then hit it harder." You know, whatever I, works. Yeah, whatever works. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't care. But I just want you to work, anyways. Oh yeah, super crazy. I'm gonna call it there. Hour and twenty. It's pretty cool. Sounds good. Uh, I'm probably going to edit the hour and 20 part out because I'll, it'll be cut. There's some pieces that I'll leave out, but very healthy conversation that will continue at some point. Um, I don't actually, next week we're going to the Island uh, for the wedding. So we'll see what happens with the podcast. Maybe we'll record it at South Padre. <laughs> that could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Luis, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. This would be your first time, hopefully, of many. Um, final side note I'll make is uh, there's something that Gary V said, and no, I think I, I think I already said it. I'm, I'm just gonna skip out. Anyways, so yeah, Luis, I, ho- I hope you enjoyed this one of many, of hundreds of possibly thousands of episodes that <laughs> are to come, <laughs> and we'll see where it goes and continue moving with life and trying to keep learning. And for social media's sake, Brian, what's your social media? Twitter is Brian Alejandro underscore, B-R-Y-A-N-A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-O underscore. And on Instagram, you can go ahead and follow at the intronaut underscore, T-H-E-I-N-T-R-O-N-A-U-T underscore. Cool, Luis. Your social media? I'm just kidding. You're not gonna give your yeah. social media. <laughs> if you have, if you have any, uh, it's fine. Uh, no, I, I, w- I wouldn't let you anyways. Um, my social media is the same for Instagram and Twitter. It's at Andy Walker underscore lead. So A N D Y W A L K E R underscore lead L E A D. And then you can find me on Facebook. Just search Andy Walker. Um, I believe. Let me check it right now. Actually, before I. Checked it because I think I was able to change the Andy Walker lead. I think I was able to put that on the mm-hmm. Facebook. I think. Yes, I was. So my Facebook, if you do facebook.com backslash Andy Walker lead, back to back, no underscore, no nothing, but Andy, capital A N D Y, capital W, and then A L K E R, and then capital L for the lead, L E A D. So Andy Walker lead is the Facebook. And I'm pretty sure if you type in Andy Walker, I have Acosta now as like the my main name or my my, right. my actual name. So if you put Andy Acosta, I'm pretty sure it'll pop up too. Um, 
I have that. Go ahead and like my page. Um, I do have my accounts now tied to my artist page. So anything that comes on my personal page will be very delayed. Um, usually on purpose, but uh, anyway, it's delayed nonetheless. If you want, so if you're an instant gratification person person at the moment, uh, like the, like the page, uh, Andy Walker, and uh, it's me and okay, I think it's the guys playing guitar. Like me, it's us on stage, anyways. So for now, we'll sign off, and I'm gonna leave you with this quote by Paolo. How do you pronounce that? Paolo Coelho. Coelho. Let's say Coelho. So this is a quote. I just read it right now. I'm just going to leave it on here for the sake of everybody getting a final seat of the day. There are only four stories. A love story between two people. A love story between three people. The struggle for power and the journey. Every single book that is in the bookstore deals with these four archetypes. These four themes.